0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.
1: Good morning, I'm Kinsey Moreland. In for Annika Colbert, it is Thursday, June 24th. Rental relief programs are meant to prevent a tsunami of evictions, but the money isn't always reaching those who need it most. That story soon, but first, let's do those local headlines. Okay, so if you want to give testimony at a government or school board meeting or something like that, you often have to wait for hours. But lots of people just do not have time for that. Reverend Shane Harris, who heads up the People's Association of Justice Advocates, has an idea that he is calling Boost Democracy. He's asking elected officials to adopt a text message notification system that will send a text message to interested parties when their agenda item comes up. Harris has asked the San Diego City Council, the County Board of Supervisors, the County Board of Education, and the San Diego Unified School District to adopt the system. So far, only San Diego Unified has said yes. So yes, the world is opening back up, but you may have trouble making a reservation at your favorite restaurant. That's because California restaurant owners say there is a labor shortage, not enough cooks, servers, and staff to do the job. Restaurant owners and industry insiders blame all sorts of things for the shortage, like extended federal jobless benefits that have allowed workers to stay home. Other workers moved out of state during the pandemic. Employment numbers show restaurants and hotels have been adding the most jobs of any sector, but the industry remains about 450,000 jobs below its pre-pandemic level. And the San Diego Association of Governments is inviting you, yes you, to be a part of the change that you want to see in our region. SANDAG is holding a virtual open house and they're seeking public input on the future of transportation across the county. The open house is this evening, Thursday, from 6 to 8, and it'll focus on proposed improvements in East County. You can join the virtual meeting to give your feedback at sdforward.com. From KPBS, you are listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of that local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org.
1: San Diego County's eviction moratorium will likely end this fall. So when it does end, will we see massive waves of people forced out of their homes? There is a rental relief program, and it's meant to prevent that from happening. But KPBS investigative reporter Claire Traegerser found that that program, it's not always working.
0: Ramon Toscano is a day laborer and father of five kids, soon to be six. No, years old. Together with his wife and mother-in-law, the family lives in a two-bedroom apartment in Vista.
1: This began well with the pandemic in March, and we tried to ask for loans and used our savings to pay the rent. But then it became harder for us.
0: When the pandemic hit, work dried up. They soon fell behind on rent.
1: We could eat or we could pay rent. I mean, that's a really hard decision, though. No?
0: The family applied to the county's rent relief program this past March and waited. Finally, the money came last month. Rent relief was meant to quell a tsunami of evictions, but across San Diego County, the money is only just beginning to trickle out. The county has doled out only a quarter of the money it's received as of last week, and a KPBS analysis of the funds reveals that wealthier zip codes disproportionately benefit. Residents of San Diego's downtown high-rent district have gotten the most so far. Little Italy and the Gaslamp received almost $1.4 million, while residents of some of the county's three lowest-income neighborhoods each received a fraction of that in Logan Heights, San Ysidro, and National City and the zip codes where residents have had the best chance at receiving rent relief are some of the wealthiest in the county. Rancho Santa Fe, Poway, Little Italy, and the Gaslamp.
2: The list is so long that it's impossible for me to cover it with you.
0: Part of the problem is getting the word out to renters for how to get help, says Azuzena Valladolid at the San Diego Housing Commission.
2: We did paid advertisements in both English and Spanish on the radio, advertisements on... The bus routes from San Isidro all the way to downtown.
0: There are numerous issues with how the money is going out. A complicated system that is difficult for tenants to navigate. The fact that money can't be given to people who've taken loans to pay their rent. And the requirement that landlords cover 20% of the rent money. The eviction
2: moratorium does not absolve a tenant's financial responsibility to pay, you know, all of the rent. We have been advocating for significant changes. If those changes happen, and that's a big if, if those changes happen, we would be able to exhaust all of the funds that we have.
0: She says they've seen many tenants who, despite the eviction moratorium, prioritized paying rent over other bills. They may have taken out
2: loans, may have charged on their credit cards, Unfortunately, we are not able to pay or provide assistance for people who have taken out loans.
0: For Toscano, the Vista resident, he did get some money, but nothing to cover April, May, and June, the months he waited after he applied. California is considering a plan to forgive all back rent for people like Toscano. He owes almost $5,000 and is worried.
1: Maybe we're one more homeless statistic, because if I don't have enough money for my rent,
3: what's going to happen? I'm going to
1: take my family onto the street or in the car to live.
0: Toscano says this is all because of something his family didn't ask for, the pandemic. Before the pandemic hit, he says he always found a way to pay the rent, one way or the other.
1: That story from KPBS investigative reporter Claire Trageser, KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim also helped out with the story. All right, so the Coronado Unified School District did end up taking decisive action on Tuesday after tortillas were thrown at Escondido athletes following a championship basketball game over the weekend. KPBS race and equity reporter Christina Kim has more on what's next and how the community is responding
2: the Coronado Unified School District's governing board unanimously voted to terminate J.D. LaPerry as head coach of Coronado High School's basketball team.
1: And a vote of 5-0 was to release
2: our head coach. This decision comes on the heels of a racist incident that took place Saturday during a basketball game between Coronado High and Escondido's Orange Glen High School. Nnedi Velasquez, an Orange Glen alumni and former cheerleader, is pleased with Coronado's decision but wants to see more happen.
1: Kids shouldn't have to be dealing with the traumatic consequences that are now going to be core memories of their high school experience. Escondido Union
2: Unified School District's board is holding a special meeting Thursday to denounce racism and explore equitable solutions.
1: Coming up, a bill to address pandemic-related learning loss by California students is awaiting Governor Gavin Newsom's signature. We'll have that story right after a super short break. So the push is on for a California Assembly bill to be signed into law, and that bill addresses learning loss suffered by students during the pandemic. It's called AB 104, and it's sponsored by San Diego Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez. Some of the proposed law's main provisions allow parents to request that their child be allowed to repeat a grade and provide students with credit recovery options if last year had a bad effect on their grades but schools will need time to adjust to those new options. And the clock is ticking before next semester begins. San Diego Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez sat down with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Cavanaugh to discuss the bill.
3: What have you learned about how much educational loss was suffered by California students during the pandemic? I don't think
4: um, we know the extent yet. I have learned um, that there are kids who missed months and their kids who missed the entire year. So um, we know bad internet connections, people having to work, take care of younger siblings. I mean, the number of reasons kids have missed so much um, school vary from family to family. And some kids just couldn't deal with online education. Um, We knew that going into the pandemic that it's not a good way to educate, especially young children. So what we found is every family is in a different position. Every kid is um, suffering in different ways. And we've got to have the flexibility to meet them where they are and to provide unique choices for those children and those parents to kind of deal with what happened last year.
3: And what groups of students were most affected, do you think?
4: Well, I know in San Diego that... um, the students in in my district, which is of course the working class communities in South San Diego and Chula Vista and National City, um, had unique problems. Right? They had unique issues. We we um, had kids whose families were most affected by COVID um, health wise, kids who lost parents and grandparents. Um, we had kids who uh, whose. Parents were essential workers, and so um, they were watching younger children as well at home, trying to do their schoolwork and, and be caretakers at the same time. Um, we have bad internet connections in some of our neighborhoods still. We, we don't have universal broadband. And so um, I think those kids, in particular from working-class families, um, Latino kids in particular, were, were most affected.
3: Now, if Governor Newsom signs AB 104, what are some of the things it would do?
4: So. AB 104 does three things primarily. One, it allows parents the opportunity to seek um, a redo of the grade for their child. So that's not our our preferred policy position in California when it comes to education. We, We believe in social promotion for a variety of reasons. So that was probably the most controversial. Um, But we know that some kids missed the entire year. What do you do with a child who missed the entire year um, or got nothing out of school this year? Um, So it allows parents that opportunity to talk to the administrator and teacher about their child redoing the school year. And that's in any grade. It also allows um, our seniors who maybe just couldn't couldn't finish up in time, um, our juniors and seniors who, who lost some um, credits to recover those in high school. We know that a high school diploma is much more valuable than a GED. And we want those kids to have the opportunity to finish up their schooling, um, this coming year. And so that they can actually graduate with a high school diploma. There are kids who, who dropped out of school to join the workforce or kids who just couldn't handle the online education. And, and we know it's valuable to allow them that opportunity to have a fifth, year senior, basically. And then the final thing it does, this is for, I think, the majority of kids um, primarily in high school, or only in high school, who may have been really good students, right? They might have had um, an A and B average, headed to college, and then they just couldn't do one of their subjects or two of their subjects online. And we've seen this. I I think you can talk to just about anyone who said, I have this A student um, who couldn't figure out how to do Spanish online and she got a C. Well, if you get a C, um, it it really hurts your chances of actually getting into a UC or CSU. And so we want them to be able to convert, um, you know, one or two not perfect seller grades to pass no pass so that their grade point average isn't hurt as a result. So if you passed a grade and and that one grade is going to upset your entire transcript, let's give them that opportunity.
3: Now, there's an urgency to the signing of this bill because schools have deadlines for the coming semester. Tell us about that.
4: Absolutely. I, I was thinking about this this morning. My um, my little ones, this is their last day of school today. So you know, um, when kids are in school, it's the best time to communicate with parents if they have these options. Um, my my 18-year-old is graduating on Friday. And most of the school districts in South San Diego, in Chula Vista, Sweetwater districts, they're coming back in July already. They have year-round. And so they start at the end of July. So we really need, um, there was an urgency on this. We got it through as quickly as we could, given that it was was semi-controversial, but it ended up getting through the assembly and Senate with uh, no, no votes. In other words, it it was completely bipartisan. It was unanimous. That's unusual, especially for, for a bill that started with a lot of opposition. Um, And now we're just hopeful that the governor, um, you know, he has 12 days as of two days ago to sign it. So we have, I think July 3rd is the deadline, but we, we hope he realizes, you know, every day is, is a, that the schools need to implement this
3: have you gotten any indication that he will sign the bill
4: i haven't <laughs> um, i'm i am um you know every day asking his staff uh if there there's more questions or answers they need we've been working on this for so long um, you know we're, we're still waiting
1: And that was San Diego Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez talking with Midday Edition's Maureen Cavanaugh. Find and follow Midday Edition wherever you listen to your podcast. And that, my friend, is the show. Annika is back Friday. Thank you so, so much for lending me your ears.